Welcome to the Adventures After Teaching podcast. If you're an exhausted teacher, this is your place to find inspiration for a new career outside of the classroom. I'm your host, Joanne Howard, primary teacher turned burnout and career coach. I'll be interviewing lots of amazing ex-teachers about their career changes and helping you see how you can use your transferable skills to leave teaching. Welcome to Eileen Addison. Thank you so much, Eileen, for your time today. Really appreciate having you here. I think this has been much anticipated <laughs> to find out how we can get our money sorted. You've had such an interesting transition yourself, kind of, your, but you're still in teaching at the moment, aren't you? I am, yes, back for, I think that's me done three weeks back now. Well, no, actually only two weeks with children back now up here in Scotland, but um, it's been good. I've actually quite enjoyed being back in. Aww. So. Fantastic. So what what does your working pattern look like then on an average week? Oh, my goodness. So on an average week, I teach Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. So that's quite good because I just leave home and I just head off and um, I teach and that's fine. That's all easy. Um, And then Wednesday to Friday, I kind of split my week up between my business, which is called Your Money Sorted. And it's about helping other teachers to become happier, healthier and wealthier, essentially. So it's about um, creating financial security, about managing money, um, all of that kind of stuff. And it's great. It's fun. I really, really enjoy that. Um, I also teach financial education in local schools here. Oh, wow. I kind of dot about doing that. Yeah. I have also got a Your Money Sorted Teachers podcast, which I do. So I'm just busy recording the second series of that just now. And I've also got a BBC podcast as well, which I mean, that's That's a claim to fame, isn't it? Having a BBC podcast. How did that come about? Oh, I had done a, a, like a couple of interviews on radio and that was basically it. Right. Um, and then this producer from the BBC phoned me up out the blue to say they were doing this Scottish radio programme called Clever About Cash. They were looking for a Scottish money coach. Would I be interested? Oh. I said, yeah, yeah, that sounds great. Marvellous. He's then saying, oh, well, we'll record in Glasgow and Edinburgh and whatever. And is, is that OK? Yeah, of course. And you've got experience in radio. And I'm like, well, yeah, <laughs> Much teaching kind of classroom. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm I'm sure I'll manage. And then I, in my head, I'm going, no, this sounds horrible. I do not want to do this. It's not my bag. This just sounds awful. And then I was like, you did say it's recorded, not live, didn't you? And he said, yes, it, it was recorded. So I'm like, right, okay. And then I said, you did say radio, didn't you? Not TV. And he's like, yes. Yeah. So I'm like, right, okay, yes, yes, I'll do it. I can cope with that. <laughs> Oh, we're now in our sixth series and I've just done, I'm just back from the Edinburgh Festival, having done two live shows at the Edinburgh Festival. famous, oh my goodness, (laughs) famous. There you go, guys, you can leave teaching and discover BBC fame. It's bonkers, but do you know, the message that I would send from it is just say yes. Yeah. And the stuff that you're doing in Adventures After Teaching, you don't really know how it's going to turn out, do you? And if you're kind of disillusioned with teaching, that's that's where I was. I was totally disillusioned with it. And I was like, oh, I don't want to do this forever. So I'm going to look and see what else I can do. And rather than saying I can't do that, I just started going, well, do you know, maybe I can. And yeah. 
we've got loads of transferable skills. So, yep, just say yes. Brilliant. Brilliant. Oh, that's so exciting. So exciting. So in terms of the business then, I mean, you're serving mainly teachers. And, and what sort of services do you provide for them? So I have, yes, it's, it is mainly for teachers, but do you know, the, the kind of principles apply to anybody, mm. but my ideal clients are teachers. That's who I want to work with. And that's who I mainly work with. And I've got a lot of free stuff. So I've got a lot of freebies that people can come on and get. My website's yourmoneysorted.co.uk. Brilliant. Um, I have got a blog. So I blog about that. I've got my social media channels. Um, I also, my my teacher's podcast, that's a new thing. And I'm really enjoying that because I think we're all so busy that Mm -hmm. even now sometimes trying to find the time to read things is just impossible so having that being able to have that on in your ear while you're working away is it's really useful and I've got a lot of people who are saying oh do you know I've never really listened to podcasts before but oh I'm getting into them now and beginning to enjoy that so that's good and then I also offer I've got a couple of courses uh, maximize your money which is just helping people to uh, maximize your money but in a way that makes you happy so it's about finding out what makes you tick. What do you really, really want in life? What do you really enjoy in life? And let's spend the majority of our money yeah. on that. Yeah. And let's not waste any money on things that mean nothing to us. Mm. So it's it's absolutely not about being miserable about money. It's about diverting it to the things that make you happy. And like, for example, I encourage all of my clients to have a cleaner because flipping heck, what teacher doesn't need a cleaner? I'm aspiring to get my cleaner back again now, having given up all time work. That that is living the dream or a VA. It's like one of the two. (laughs) Well, I've got both now, which is brilliant. You've made it. You've made it. It's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. And like my VA, for example, I had always said, oh, do you know what? I can't afford a VA. There's no way that I can justify having a VA, etc." And then I had looked on the VAs in the Philippines. Yes. And I was yeah. like, the, the cost of them is very, very low. But mm-hmm. I was like, no, that's exploiting people. And I'm not interested in doing that. I don't want to do that. And then I read up on it and discovered that being a VA in the Philippines is actually a very sought-after career. Yeah. yeah. Because the... Although what it costs us is not a lot, mm-hmm. they are very, very well paid. So I created an advert for a, a Filipino um, VA, and I've got a girl who's got a blooming doctorate, who she's working full time, but she also is a single mum and she wanted a bit of extra income. Mm-hmm. So she works for me. She told me what two figures she would, would like to be paid between this and this, and I just paid her at the top of her, yeah. her kind of salary yeah. options. And after six weeks, when she's shown me that she's absolutely superb, I'm now paying her more than that. So wow. she's happy and I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's about looking at things and how can we make them work rather than going, no, this is impossible. I can't do this. Yeah, it's having that mindset, isn't it? My business mentor is very much about having the CEO mindset, you know, looking at your business as systems and a machine, not your baby. And the first thing he says is, yeah, this is my yeah different agencies in the Philippines. Get yourself a VA. So, yeah, it definitely is definitely on my list. So in terms of teachers looking to transition out, then you must have quite a lot of teachers coming to you and talking about you know, how, how can I afford it? How can I plan to transition? Are there any sort of top tips around that? 
specifically? Oh, yes. The, the, initially, when I started out, I did not want to encourage people no. to leave the profession because I love teaching and I think we do such an important job. And yeah. I was really scared about encouraging lots of people to leave. But I've now gone, you know, people need to do what makes them happy. And that's exactly where we need to be. So what I would say to people is, first of all, is find out how much you actually need. Because again, it's that mentality going, teaching's relatively well paid. When you start looking around at other jobs, you're going, oh yeah, there's not that many jobs that are paying equivalent salaries, etc. So people then immediately feel stuck in teaching and feel that they can't do anything else because of the money. So the first thing I would encourage people to do is to actually sit down and work out your survive and thrive costs. Yeah. So how much do I need to survive? And that is the absolute basic minimum for Mm. us to survive. And then work out your, right, what do I need to thrive costs and then from there you can then look at your income look at your expenses and try and work out right let's get the things that mean nothing to us let's get them out the door because they're not adding value to our life let's look at what we do want to keep in and then try and reduce those costs so that you can reduce them as much as possible but still keep them there Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's about working working out how you can make that happen And I've got a couple of freebies over on my uh, website that would help people with that. So it's about working out Survive and Thrive. It's then about working out um, what you can reduce, what you can get rid of, et cetera. Yeah. Biggie, I I try and encourage people to become financially secure throughout their lives so that they can do what they want. They can have what they want in their lives. They can retire early if that's what they want to do. Um, They can drop a couple of days at work, whatever. And for me, the first three steps in that are the same as the first three steps that if people are thinking about leaving teaching. Yeah. And step one is to create a £1,000 emergency fund. Okay. Because what happens if we don't have that emergency fund is we then, we've got this feeling of panic all the time because you're just kind of flitting about going, oh, what's going to go wrong now? And do you know that way? So if you've got a £1,000 emergency fund, that's a good starting point. Mm. A second point would be to get rid of debt because when we look at the amount that some people are having to pay each month towards their debts, if you can reduce that and get rid of that, then you can drop your salary by a huge amount yeah. and not yeah. actually notice any difference in your day-to-day living. Mm-hmm. So getting rid of debt, and then what I would encourage people to do is look at building a three- to six-month emergency fund yeah. for essential costs. What that then does is just gives you that wee cushion that yeah. you're going, right, I, if I'm really, really unhappy in teaching, I can just say sod it and get out right yeah. now. And just I know that I can survive for six months, say, mm-hmm. um, it, with no other income. And it just gives you that, oh, I don't know, the freedom, mm-hmm. the ability to choose rather than feeling that you're absolutely stuck doing what you're doing because you need to keep paying those bills. Yeah. That would be my kind of suggestions for people. Brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Because in terms of the three to four months, not only have we got 
quite awkward, obviously, notice periods in, in schools to try and get out anyway. But if we have those months to look and secure a job, it gives us so much more flexibility, as you say, to not have that scarcity and um, panic around it. And equally, you don't have to go to a job that's your forever job. You know, if you, no. if you need to get out, you have got then the time to find something for the time being to yep. keep saying, you know, you don't have to find your next vocation just if you want to get out. Like, yeah, looking to compromise. That's right. And if you if you've worked out what your survive costs mm. are, then you can then say, right, I need to bring in if I leave teaching today, I need to bring in another 300 pounds a month, for example, to yeah meet all my obligations to allow us to survive for the next however many months so you can then take on a job in wherever you can get a job in a supermarket you can get a job as a carer you can whatever to bring in that extra you could even look around your house and start selling stuff you could sell your talents etc Um, there's so many things that you could do to bring in that small amount of money. So mm-hmm. rather than thinking about replacing your entire teaching salary, which is a hugely scary yeah, thing, absolutely. you know how much you need to thrive and you know how much you need to bring in a mm-hmm. month in order to be able to do that. And sometimes we have to leave the ego at the door as well, I think, when we're looking at bringing in that baseline. You know, if you really want to leave, then that's a very empowered choice. You know, whatever you need to do to make those compromises. Is there such a thing, do you think, as the sort of the, the teacher's mindset around money? Because I'm finding that a lot the moment, you know, in the uh, Venture Staff's teaching programme, we've got half the community starting a new, a new business, half them looking for a job. Um, and I can already sense that we're going to be coming to those blocks when it's pricing packages, et cetera. Does it, does it link to that just a teacherness, do you think? Is yeah, there something, something yeah, there? You know, perhaps, perhaps. Um, I think I think there's kind of two main money mindsets. And one is a kind of scarcity money mindset, and the other one is an abundance mindset. Yeah. And if you've got a scarcity mindset, there's never enough money. And you can't do that. And that's impossible. And um, I can't possibly change the way I am with money. This is just the way I am. Mm -hmm. And the scarcity mindset keeps you stuck in that same place, scared to do anything, scared to move, scared to grow, scared to try different things. And you tend to stay broke in that Mm -hmm. mindset. Whereas if you can move yourself into an abundance mindset where there's always more money, there's always more opportunities, um, anything that I don't know I can learn. I mean, we're teachers, we're brilliant at learning. (laughs) Um, We're certainly brilliant at teaching. We might not always be brilliant at learning ourselves. And, you know, sometimes I wonder whether it's because we've done so much crap CPD in our lives that we end up getting stuck in an inset day. And it's going in one year and out the other because we've heard it a million times before. Yes. um, That we then think that we can't change. And I think as well in teaching, there's so much negative stuff goes around it. If you look in teaching groups, a lot of teaching groups are very negative. Yes. Yeah. And there's a lot of chat in there about how we can't do this and the the um, Ofsted are doing this or how my head teacher says this. And there's we get so much power taken away from us, I think, in teaching that maybe we forget that we've got that entire power within ourselves yeah. to change ourselves and do, do, you know, do whatever the hell we want. Absolutely. 
And I think that, so the abundance scarcity mindset applies to so many things. And often people think that money is just about whether you're good at maths or not. And it is sod all to do with whether you're good at maths or not. That's good to know. (laughs) No, I mean, it it really isn't. Because we can all get a calculator. We can all manage to to do the figures. Um, But it's about what's going on up here. And it's about just becoming more open and kind of smashing those money blocks that are holding you back, saying you can't Mm. do things to, to working out what you can do. It's it's an interesting contradiction, isn't it? Because we are looking at comparable jobs and thinking they're not paying as much, but at the same time, a lot of people don't teach for the money. And there's a lot of gaslighting that goes on around the idea of, you know, you don't teach for the money, you do it for the kids. And I'm not going down that road but um it is an interesting contradiction in a way that we don't really necessarily think about the money it kind of goes into our account we know that we're getting paid and kind of just get on with it because it is our whole identity but when we start to look to move on and to look at other jobs yeah the the panic like you say the scarcity hits in a little bit more I think Uh uh-huh and I, I don't know because we are such a resourceful bunch. We have got so many talents. It is unbelievable. When you look at what a teacher does on a day-to-day basis and how we react to the things that yeah. were that are thrown at us every single day, every single term, every single year, we are a really, really resourceful, amazing bunch of people. Mm. But there definitely is a kind of negativity of being able to grow and do what you want when you want yeah and I think we need to encourage that and you're definitely doing that through your group and I'm definitely doing that through my group as well it's like no come on let's be whoever we want to be and let's just make it happen maybe we need a hashtag going like hashtag teach revolution or something (laughs) something like that so Jonathan asked a question he said any tips on how to develop an abundance mindset what a great question yes so there's loads so um that I spend loads of time and in fact in my membership group this month we are on mindset month starting today so I've got a Facebook live with my membership tonight um and the whole month we're working on mindset so one simple thing that you can do I used to always say, I can't afford it. Mm. And it used to be just my stock phrase. Friends would ask me to go on a night out and I can't afford it. Um, let's go and um, we'll go and do such and such. No, can't afford it. Now, for me, that started kind of late on in my life because I think it started when... I ended up having twins second time around. We had planned to have two children and have a very nice lifestyle, etc. Went for my scan second time around and discovered that we were having twins. So with three under two, immediately, how am I going to put three through university and we need a bigger car? Those were my first <laughs> two thoughts. They were both money-related thoughts. Yeah, yeah. Um, and from that moment onward, I just worried about money constantly. And I can't afford it became my mantra. And it made me so miserable. It made me feel so miserable and feel totally, totally disempowered. And when I started learning about money mindset, one of the simple things that you need to do is catch what's going on in your head. Mm. So simply start becoming aware of the things that you are saying to yourself. 
And that became one of my big ones. So for Jonathan there, start becoming aware of what you are saying to yourself in your head. And then a simple thing that you can do to switch it is to turn it into a question. Mm. How can I afford it? Yeah. So immediately, rather than going, oh, I can't afford it. The shoulders are down. You feel really pissed off and you're like, oh, this is awful. Whereas how can I afford it? Immediately, the brain starts thinking, right, what can I do to do that? So could I cut back somewhere? Could I, rather than going out with the girls for an expensive meal, could we do a potluck supper at my house? Yeah, yeah. Um, could I, have I got anything that I don't need? Could I sell to make that money? Mm. We want to go on holiday abroad in the summer. How can we do that? What about if I set aside £50 a month into a, a savings plan bef- the day that my um, wages get paid in? Would that start to build up? Yeah. You know, so it's it's about becoming creative and it's about changing the way that you think. And gradually by doing that, you get excited. Yes, you're like, absolutely. Oh, all right, okay, this works, yeah. this works. So that's, that is the simplest thing you can do. First of all, notice it. Second of all, catch it. And third of all, change it to a question and see if Brilliant. you can empower yourself more. Brilliant. It's looking for those opportunities, isn't it? Like every challenge, how to flip it into an opportunity. I was just going to say in terms of the, it's, it does relate to the gratitude practice as well, doesn't it? In terms of, yeah, in terms of manifesting, you know, reflecting on your day, where have the opportunities been? Where have the successes been? Because the more you see them, the more positive filtering you'll also do in your day, which is very similar to what you're saying now, I think, as well. Yeah, 100%. Now, when I first of all heard of the law of attraction and kind of manifesting stuff, I'm a Scottish <laughs> and I thought it was all a complete and utter lot of nonsense. But if anybody can be kind of transformed yeah. and believe in the difference that it can make, then mm-hmm. it, I'm, I'm certainly testament to that. Because yeah. I've gone from being a very negative person, believing that the whole world was on my shoulders and there was nothing I could do about it. And it was what everybody else was doing to me. Yes. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Absolutely. Whereas now I'm like, no, the only person doing anything was you. Yeah. And it's about it's about changing and gratitude is flipping amazing for doing that. Absolutely. It's really interesting you were saying about the um yeah, having that sort of almost like a victim feeling. We've just been doing um in the program the idea of being the, having that master judge and like judging yourself, others in the situation. It's the judging the situation, which we're kind of talking around here, isn't it? Yep. It's like, yeah, not making those those negative judgments around the situation. Fantastic. So in terms of um balancing work then. Eileen, and having a business because a lot of people in the community will be looking to reduce hours or maybe you know creating a side business. How how do you manage that? Because I'm not in class anymore. I'm not I'm not doing the two. So how how does it go? Compartmentalize. Okay. Basically. So Monday, Tuesday, I just don't even think about my business really. Um I go to school and because I'm only there two days a week, um I'm a wee bit bullshit. I'm like, no, do you know, that meeting sounds absolutely rubbish. I'm not coming to that meeting because it's of no benefit to me. It's of no benefit to the children. So I'm not doing that. So I don't do any extras at school that I don't think are worthwhile. 
I still do more than the hours I'm paid for. Yeah. I still know that I'm a valuable member of staff and I still know that I'm valued because I do work hard when I'm there, but it doesn't feel like that. Yeah. Um, because I'm happy being there because I'm very good at saying, nope, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. sorry, I don't want to do that. Whereas before, when I was full time, you always felt that pressure to be, mm. oh, yes, 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 and resented it totally. Whereas now I'm quite happy to do extra things. Ski trip was a great one because, of course, they only had to um, they only have to cover me for two days. But I go away in the ski trip. So they're like, oh, brilliant. We only have to cover Eileen for two days and I get to go skiing. So it's all good. Things like that. Fantastic. Fantastic. So that's, yeah, that's how I manage school mm. work. To begin with, I found difficult. So for the first 10 years, I would say, um, I found it fairly difficult when people were in the house along with me right so when everybody was away it was fine but I worked in the corner of my living room mm. and I would end up working at nights and I would end up getting distracted all the time and this year what I've done is built this absolutely amazing garden office just thinking outside. we're looking online at them and thinking I think that's a garden office she's got there <laughs> it is lovely it's just amazing and the difference so what I would encourage people to do is try to create a space Mm -hmm. away from the family hub that can become your working space even if it's well probably a corner of your bedroom's not ideal because then you don't tend to relax when you go to your bed Um, but if you can find a corner anywhere or even going to a cafe, a local cafe or something like that. Try very hard to separate your work from your home life Mm. because I found that I never, ever, ever switched off. Yeah, I'm struggling a bit with that myself, I think. It's kind of first thought in the morning. And I'm not in a uh, a teacher bad way, but the kind of dining room table work like mm-hmm. yeah, fantasizing about the garden office so um yeah great advice there. yeah it is difficult what I also do is I do three monthly planning yeah so I plan for a quarter and then I've got my post-it planning up on my wall and I can just get all that organized and then so I know what I'm doing for the next three months I have to say that since July, July, August, September's planning has gone particularly badly. I'm starting next week. Next week's the start. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because I think I just went, I had worked so hard in my previous quarter and I had launched my podcast then and I was absolutely exhausted. So I hadn't planned my next three. Mm. And then it's been, well, the weather's been quite sunny. And so I've kind of just taken the summer off, really. it's got to be those perks. It's got to be those perks. So, in terms of if we if we are looking to reduce our hours or even leave altogether, one yeah. question I must ask is what is what are the implications for our pension? So, pensions are our teachers' pension is still a really good pension, and mm-hmm. that's something that we need to be aware of because it is a good pension scheme. If you have been contributing into your pension, then those contributions will remain as they are. You can log into Teachers Pensions or SPPA to check your um, what your predicted pension is. Yeah. And that will just remain as it is. Right. The other good news is that it is index linked. So your pension will continue to rise in line with, now what do they call it? Treasury something, can't remember. But it's basically to do with the consumer price index yeah. plus 
1.6% every year. Right. So your pension will continue to rise each year. So you can check it and see what you're predicted to get. In terms of claiming your pension, it's a wee tad confusing. You can claim it at your normal pension age. Now, for the old scheme, normal pension age was 60 or 65 for some of the younger ones. In the care scheme, the pension age is 65 or state pension age. Mm. So for me, I'm 50 this year and my state pension age is currently 67. Right. But it's due to go or they are consulting over putting it up to 68. So we know it's going to go up to 68. Mm. So in the care scheme, my normal pension age will be it's currently 67, but it will be going up to yeah. 68. Mm-hmm. And teachers need to be aware of that. You can still claim your teacher's pension early. Right, yeah. Um, so you can claim it currently at 55, mm-hmm. but it's reduced each year um, from your normal pension age. So if you take it early, it, the, the amount that you get reduces. So you wouldn't right. get your full pension, but you can take it early. Yeah. The government says that in 2028, yes, 2028, the age that you can take your pension at is going up to 57. Um, And again, what they're then saying is that that is going to rise in line with the state pension. So if your state pension is, no, it will remain 10 years below your state pension age. Right. So if your state pension is going to be 68, mm-hmm. then it will be 58 before okay. you take your pension early. Okay. So what I would recommend people do, regardless of whether they're leaving teaching or not, basically, is to start looking at other ways of planning for your future. Yeah. So that my plan is I am going to take my pension at 55. Mm-hmm. Um. I might even leave teaching at 52 if things go well, um, but we'll we'll wait and see. Yeah. But I have got other plans to make sure that I can do that because because I've worked for part-time for so long, my teacher's pension will not keep me in the manner that I would no. like to be accustomed to. Exactly. So you need an online empire. Yes. In order to do I need that, an online obviously. empire. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. So in terms of your online empire, then I, we can go to your moneysorted.co.uk to have a look at your gorgeous freebies. And there's loads on there in terms of yep. planning your exit and looking at pensions and uh, reducing debt and savings and all those sorts of things. What's look, um, the future looking like for you then at the moment? So you've got your membership. <sighs> so my future is leaving teaching at 55 maybe 52 we'll wait and see that that has kind of come about because we're getting a new school and I just really can't be bothered moving (laughs) do you know what I mean I can't be bothered moving into a new school I'm just too old for that (laughs) so um but we'll wait and see because I'm actually still really enjoying my teaching so we'll just we'll just wait and see but certainly by 55 I'm out yeah um we're then planning, hubby and I are then planning a year-long trip around <gasps> Europe, um, yes. camper van. Yeah. So we've been doing lots of wee mini camper van holidays to get prepared for that. Yeah, fantastic. Um, but yeah, so I will be heading off with my laptop and my camper van and 
I intend to still be running Your Money Sorted um, mm-hmm. well into retirement, but yeah. it'll just give me the flexibility and the freedom to be able to kind of travel and do do more of what I want um, rather than feel that I have to be nine to five. Fantastic. And liberating teachers along the way. Yes. Yes. We'll have to get capes, maybe we have to get capes with some sort of... <laughs> <laughs> He says, no delusions of grandeur at all, at all. No, no, no. (laughs) Well, thank you so, so much for your time. It's such a valuable conversation. I think it's going to, yeah, inspire and reassure a lot of people thinking of leaving. So, yeah, do do go and check out Eileen's resources. And as I was saying, have a look on the teacher's pension site as well. You can get their uh, predictions, calculations if you take it earlier as well, can't you? You can can check all of that on there as well. Yep, you can check all of that online. Brilliant, brilliant. If anybody's got any questions um, and you're watching the replay, by all means, do pop them into the group. And if Eileen doesn't see them, I can always pop them over to her and we'll come back to you. But I'm going to sign off from the Facebook group now. So thanks ever so much for people watching. Do let us know what you thought and what you found helpful. Take care. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the Adventures After Teaching podcast with Joanne Howard. If you found this episode inspiring, please do like and share with other teachers. If you'd like to hear even more adventures after teaching, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. If you want to find out how the Adventures After Teaching Academy program can help you create your next career, head over to adventuresafterteaching.com.